0: We are so excited that this latest message from Truth Moving Church can meet you where you are today. This message from TMC will help you to apply the truth of God's word to your everyday life. It's practical and powerful. Enjoy his word. Let's push the word. Nehemiah chapter 4 verse 6. Sit there for a second and I'm going to share my mind for a minute. (laughs) I got into this new show a few weeks ago on Netflix. Any Netflix junkies here, anybody? My father-in-law, <laughs> he's really bad. Um, but I, I, I got into this show a few weeks back, and don't go watch the show because it's really not good, um, but it just kept my attention. It's called Rust Valley Restores. Um, and the show is centered around this guy by the name of Mike, he's in, he's in Canada. Um, and he has this very large collection of beat-up, old, antique cars. I mean, he's got hundreds of these cars. Um, <coughs> what you basically see from the show is ba- his, his team's dysfunction and, and them being disorganized dis- and not being able to complete jobs and things of that nature. Um, but one of the things that really stood out to me, and I think the thing that keeps my attention about, uh, with the show, um, is that <coughs> I noticed that every rebuild that they do It has its own set of issues. Every single car that they restore, it had its own set of issues. And the funny part to me (coughs) was that they would never figure out what the issues were until they got into the rebuild. They would look at the car and say, okay, we don't have much work to do here. We're going to invest a few thousand dollars. And, and, And once they get into it, they start to peel off the size, and they you know, pull back the, you know, the seats and all this stuff, and there's a ton of rust, in and they're like, oh, my God, we can't do anything with this car because it's too much rust, or the, 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 the frame is built, or what have you. And the, 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 one of the punchlines in the show is the fact that this guy Mike has all of these unfinished cars all over his property, because once he got into the rebuild, because every rebuild has its own set of issues, once he got into the rebuild, he would just leave it alone because it was too much of an investment. All over the place, he's got all of these, these, these rebuilds, all over the place that he never finished. So part of the, 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 you know, the narrative in the show is that, you know, I've had this car for 30 years, and I've tried to rebuild it. And finally today, I'm going to rebuild it. Finally today, we're going to get something done. <clears throat> Ever since the fall of mankind in the Garden of Eden, God has been trying to restore man back to his original design. Ever since his fall in the Garden of Eden, God has been trying to restore man back to his original design. And even though God has worked desperately to try to restore us, many of us still sit broken. Many of us still sit unfinished. Um, You know, we're partially, we're we're being worked on as like what we like to say. God is working on me, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and and, And it is not because God has run out of resources. It is not because God does not care. It isn't because God found something inside of us once He started to rebuild on us. It's not because He found something inside of us that He couldn't get beyond. You want to know why we sit undone? It was, it's because every rebuild has its own set of issues that it has to overcome. God is in. Uh, well, I, I grew up in church. I see you, but you don't act like church. Oh, I I gave my life to Jesus when I was a teenager. Okay, I hear you, but where is it? Where I don't, I don't see it. God has been working desperately to, 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 to restore you back to the position that he just gave to us, the, the, the position of dominion, the, 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 the position to just be fruitful, the position to just be under a blessed hand. He's been trying to get man back to that position for, 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 for our lifetime, and we still sit undone. And it's not because of God. It's because every rebuild has its own set of issues. And our challenge is, this is not God's challenge. This is not God's challenge because he's put us in a position to be restored. Can you overcome your issues? Okay. I'm glad they're sitting on you this morning. Let's get three points. <clears throat> I'm back in rhythm. Jordan, three points. Jordan don't like when I do more than three points. It throw him off. He don't know when to play. When to. Let's go to verse 6. Talk to three issues in every rebuild. Three issues in every rebuild. Verse six says this. So we rebuilt the wall till all of it reached half its height. For the people worked with all of their heart. Point number one is the word half-heartedness. Say that with me, half-heartedness. Now, I don't want to take away from Nehemiah's leadership or his ability to mobilize the people but verse 6 is very specific on the reason why God's people were progressing at the rate that they were progressing and it says they gave their whole heart not because Nehemiah was, was 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 so you know he was so smart, and, 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 and he was a genius. It wasn't because of that. It says that they reached halfway in a rec- at a record pace because they gave their whole heart. Shot my whole heart. In order to accomplish what God is trying to do in you and through you, it is going to take your whole heart. Now, <clears throat> we do the exact opposite. We give half a heart and expect a full wall. Since they gave their whole heart for half, but we want to give half for whole. So we give half a heart to the things of God and wonder why we never spiritually mature. We give half a heart to our marriage and wonder why it sucks. We give half a heart to being a good friend and wonder why we're always alone. We give half a heart to a church and wonder why it never works for us and why can I stay there and why is it being effective? We give half a heart for a full result. we i have. I don't want you to get quiet because I'm talking to you now. We're supposed to be just having a regular conversation today. This is supposed to be light. I want you to pay attention though, and this is the thing I want to drive home, to the rate of return. says that he, they gave all of who they were for half. And I want you to be able to understand and grasp what it is going to take of you to be who God is calling you to be. It is going to take you throwing your whole heart into whatever you're in so that you can build it the way that God desires for you to build it. So that means that I can't give my heart to things that don't deserve it. Okay, I'm teaching better than y'all responding. This is when James always messes with me because I'm, I'm kind of, I'm not in tune with all this stuff. We can't give our heart to the culture. That's a term that don't land on me. I don't know what that means. But I hear it all. I'm doing it for the culture. Okay. We can't afford to give our heart to social media. We, we can't get, afford to give our heart to politics. Why? Because it's going to take all of my heart to pull off what God is trying to do in my life and through my life. So I have to make sure that I'm being laser focused when it comes to investing my heart. If I'm going to be good at relationships, I got to, all of my heart. If, if, if I'm going to be a good parent, it has to get all of my heart. That's why I can't, do the, and I, I, I cut off people quick, I do, I'm, just, I'm sorry, it, it might be a flaw, I don't know, but it works for me. Because here's the thing, if I can't trust you with my heart, you can't be around me. We need not even talk and be friends. If I can't, I'll keep you on the outside, I did this whole, we did a, a series on friends about a year ago, and it's like, you will be on the outer band of friend If I can't trust you with my heart, I still like you, love you, sis. It is going to take my whole heart, y'all. I want you to have, because here's the thing, God doesn't care about you giving him your talent. He doesn't care about you giving him his time if you're not going to give him your whole heart. Check me out now. I don't know, I think it was, babe, I think it was you this morning talking about um, Mary and Martha. Who, who said Mary and Martha this morning? I don't know who talked about this morning. Jesus shows up. And as soon as Jesus shows up, we was listening to Tasha Cobbs. That's what it was. I was wrong. Get that new CD. It's really good. Um, but, but, but Jesus shows up, right? And, 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 and one sister, right, I'm not going to call any names. One sister, when Jesus shows up, she starts to work. The other sister sits down and lets Jesus pour out into her. And she is the one that gets the nod from Jesus. Why? Because we think when we get in the presence of Jesus, we got to work. We got to do more. We got to be a part. No, sit your tail down. (laughs) And open up your heart so he can pour in. You get what I'm saying? I mean, like, I'm not saying we're a new age church, but old school churches get in church and get busy. No, sit down and listen. Because, oh gosh, y'all, this stuff is so good to me. I get caught up in it. When we start to open up the scripture, that is God's mind. You want to know what God thinks? Open up his scripture. He has given us 66 books of what he thinks. Oh, God, y'all. And he wants you to sit down. That's why Sunday mornings are so important. He wants you to sit down and let him pour his mind into your heart so you know what he thinks. I'm teaching good this morning, y'all. I feel good about this. Check me out now. So here's what happens to us. We left half our heart at the house because the money wasn't right. We left the other part at their job because we're mad with our boss. And then we show up on Sunday morning, and the preacher has to try to pull you out and get the other pieces of your heart here so that you can receive. No, you have to show up here with your whole heart so that God can pour his mind into you so that you can do what God is trying to do through you. Yeah. 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 Okay. That point was really short, but I kept, I, it just got into me. All right, let's push for number two. First point was half-heartedness. Say that with me, half-heartedness. Let's go to verse seven. But when Samballat, Tobiah, <coughs> excuse me, the Arabs, the Ammonites, and the people of Ashdod heard that the repairs of Jerusalem walls had gone ahead and that the gaps were being closed, they were very angry. They plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and stir up trouble against it but we prayed to our God and posted a guard day and night to meet this threat verse 10 meanwhile the people in Judah said the strength of the laborers is given out and there is so much rubble that we cannot rebuild the wall point number two write this down is the word weariness Say that with me, weariness. Even in the face of adversity, and we've talked about some of that, um, but even here it details a good portion of it, God's people were still building the wall at a record pace. Their parents, their ancestors, ancestors before them <clears throat> was unable to accomplish the task at all, and within four weeks, they've got half of the wall rebuilt. Out of nowhere, in my opinion, and this is the way I read the text, out of nowhere, <coughs> he gets, Nehemiah gets some disturbing news that one of the 12 tribes of Israel um, is losing their strength. The reason why this was a big problem is because Judah, which is the tribe that said, hey, we're losing our strength, was supposed to be the strongest tribe in Israel. They were supposed to be the bravest tribe in Israel. And it's a very disheartening thing to find out that my strong point is starting to lose its strength. The thing that, that, that's really supposed to be holding us together is losing its strength. And, and, and the way that I, I, I wrote this down was that they said to Nehemiah, in essence, we are getting tired of being who we know we need to be. Nehemiah, I know this is a great work. And I can see that this thing is working. We are moving at a record pace. Did you see what they did to that wall? I, I can see that this thing is coming out of the ground, and I think this is a great work. But Nehemiah, to be honest with you, we we, 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 we starting to get tired of being who we know we need to be. Just tired, man. <laughs> like, really, right now you're tired? <clears throat> Have you ever gotten tired of being the person that you knew you had to be? (laughs) And doing the things that you knew were working in your life? You ever, I'm I'm gonna say we. We ever get tired of praying? You don't have to agree with me in this place cuz I know it sounds a little weird. You ever get tired of going to church? You ever get tired of being a good parent? <laughs> I can teach that in a minute. You ever get tired of being a good friend? Here's the thing. We can get tired of doing the things that we know are working. We get Listen to me. The job is now in jeopardy because they simply just got tired. I got tired. I can see that this is working. I can see the progress that God is making in my life. And people walk away from God all the time, not because it wasn't working, but because they got tired. People walk away from families because they get tired. Love them to death and I would do anything for them, but they got tired. Watch this now. (laughs) Listen to what they say. I want to be specific with it. They say in verse 10, meanwhile, the people of Judah said the strength of the laborers is giving out. They said it's giving out. They didn't tell them after the fact. They told them before it gave out. And in this moment, I got to applaud Judah. Because here's the thing. What we do, we wait until it's all said and done. I'm finished. I can't do it anymore. But they were strong enough to go to Nehemiah and say, hey, man, we're getting tired. I want you to see the simplicity in this. You have to have people in your life that you can trust to go to and be able to say, Listen, that is the reason why we create this community like this is because you have a place to say, listen, I'm, I'm tired of being the good one. I'm tired of being so religious. I'm tired of just showing up. I'm tired. And it has to be okay for you to say that. Why? Because all of us get tired. I'm tired of being strong for my family. You ever, you ever see someone just break down, just break down and lose it all? They had been a strong one for 10 years, but it was just this one thing. Oh, God. It was just this one thing. I broke the camel's back, and they couldn't do it anymore. But what I'm trying to say to you, you don't have to break down. All you have to do is say, I'm tired. Oh, gosh, watch this. Watch this. I want you to go home today. And when you get home, turn on some football. I don't watch a whole lot of football, but I want you to turn some on today. I don't care how good he is how good, or what he means to that team. After a play, you'll see him do this and he'll start running towards the sideline. That means I'm tired. I can't go to the next play because I'm tired, coach. Because, check this out, I'm getting ready to do something out of character. (laughs) I'm not going to be able to withstand it anymore, coach, so you better pull me out before I do something that's out of line. Pat yourself on the head and say, I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired. run themselves into the ground and not be able to simply say, I'm just tired. Check this out. There are people who get tired of being good. Oh, I got stories for days. I can't tell them standing right here, but I got stories for days. they just tired of being the good girl, the good guy. You get tired. You can get tired of doing what you know to be right. Here's the the thing. The way that plays out oftentimes in relationships is that I'm tired now and I can't receive what you're saying to me. So I blow up on you and I say something out of character and I hurt your feelings. And the problem is, is, I can't get that back anymore. I've done the damage. But all I had to do was to say to you, I'm tired. I'm tired of being a good mom. I'm tired of being a good dad. I'm tired of being a good student. I'm tired of going to church. Here's a, we, we, this church, I'm talking about Truth Movement Church, we have created a community where it is okay to say those things. Why? Because it's natural. Listen, working for the kingdom of God is hard work. Grace is free. But working for the kingdom It's hard work. It's going to cost you to work for the kingdom. I'm tired of doing what's right, Wanzel. I'm tired. Listen to me, and I'm not going to get off this point because I'm going to go to the next one. I wish if I was talking to married couples and I was talking to people in relationships, that conversation is so valuable. A man has to be able to look at his wife and say, baby, I'm tired. I'm tired of bearing this load. A wife has to be able to look at her husband and be able to say, baby, I'm tired. Because women, they got to keep on the makeup. They got to put on, they got the hair has to be done, and they have to be fierce every single day and pick up all their mom duties and do all their wife duties and do the duties at work. And at, here's the thing, they got on that makeup, but on the inside, I'm tired. Where do you? Where are you able to say that you're tired? You know when it happens, for, I'm, I'm on this too long. You, you know when it happens for most of us when we're in the car on our way from work? You say to yourself, I'm tired. And the reason why we won't say it to anybody else is because we think it's embarrassing. Mm-mm. I applaud anybody that has somebody in their life that is safe to say, You have to, oh gosh, I'm on to something else now. You have to make sure that you have people in your life that you can go to to say, I'm tired of just being a Christian. I know I'm opening up something for y'all. Y'all never heard before. But you better be able to have somebody in your life because you'll walk away from it. Listen to me. I've been in church the vast majority of my life, and I've seen people come and go, and I've seen them get better in this place, and I've seen them grow in this place and do mighty things in this place, but all of a sudden they stopped showing up. And I knew they were getting better. I knew that it was having an impact. You know why they walked away? Point number two was weariness. Let's push number three. Ooh, (laughs) I almost forgot my quote. Write this down. If you lose your strength for it, you will lose your perspective of it. If you lose your strength for it, you will lose your perspective of it. Okay, I got to stay here for another second. I remember... I'll use me because I'm going to talk about you, okay? What you're going to find out is that, like, I share a lot of my business, and that's a good thing. I remember being in college, and uh, I felt like um, my position coach was playing games with me. Now, I'm here on scholarship. I'm from Syracuse, New York. play for UCF. And I felt like my position coach was, um, he, he favored the guys that he recruited, but he didn't favor me. He wanted a certain body type. I was lanky, and I wasn't short, and, you know, I would say, whatever. But he was looking for a certain body, and I wasn't that type. But I was working hard. I got, I got the articles to prove it. I was pretty darn good, Cody. It's pretty good. And I had two years left, so I had just finished my, 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 um, the fall season, and we were getting ready to go into to, to summer. And I decided that I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm walking away. And it wasn't because I didn't have the skill set to do it. I was actually a pretty good football player. I'm not sure what that could have developed into, but I know I was good enough to play for sure. But I told myself in that moment that I was tired of him playing games with me, and I'm leaving. And I walked away. Had two years left on my scholarship, and I just walked away. That is probably the only regret that I have in my life. It don't bother me, it's like, You don't need to sit me down. Oh, Pastor Wanzo has regret. No, I don't. I can label that as a regret, right? Here's the thing. I walked away from it because mentally I was tired. I got tired of his games, so I just walked away. But now that I look back on it, I see this, I, I see it, right? I can see that I had lost my strength for it. Because I lost my strength for it, I lost my perspective of it. Now, looking at that from, from, from 5,000 feet, if I would have stayed there, then I would have had two more years of, of schooling paid for. Two years is a big deal. <laughs> that means I'd have, I would have gotten my master's degree or whatever I wanted to get. Listen to me. Not because I wanted to play for him so, but I was in this for a reason. I got to get out of this what I got to get out of it. I can't afford to get tired and lose my perspective because once I lose my perspective, I'll quit. It doesn't matter how good it is, I'll quit. Y'all getting anything from this? Okay. Let's get number three, Jordan. <laughs> let's recap real quick. Point number one was? I only had two people. Y'all a better class than that. For point number one was? Point number two was? Let's push for three. Verse 10. <clears throat> Meanwhile, the people in Judah said, the strength of the laborers is giving out, and there is so much rubble that we cannot rebuild the wall. Point number three, final point for the day is the word conservativeness. <laughs> what you talking about, Pastor? I said, Ooh, conservativeness. I did y'all a favor. I'm going to give you a definition of what conservative, conservativeness means, okay? Yes? I'm that kind of pastor. I work that hard for you. Watch this conservativeness definition inclined to preserve existing conditions, institutions, etc, or to restore traditional ones and to limit change. I read it again. conservativeness means to um, to be inclined to preserve existing conditions, institutions, etc or to restore traditional ones, and to limit change. <coughs> Judah sends word to, to Nehemiah first that they're losing their power, they're losing their strength, um, and they finish off saying that we cannot rebuild the wall. Nehemiah, Nehemiah's like, okay, guys, I hear you, but hold on a second. I mean, is it because we don't have enough material? Because if we don't have enough material, I'll just send my Home Depot card, and you guys can go to Home Depot and get what you need. And then they're like, no, Nehemiah, you know, we've got enough material. Um, and he says, okay, well, what is it, man? I'm like, what, what, what is it? He says, well, are you guys being attacked? Because I got a few extra guys, they ain't doing nothing, they hadn't done anything in three, four days, and I can send them down there to, to, to keep you safe. No, Nehemiah, we haven't been attacked. Then what is it? They say to Nehemiah, that we cannot rebuild the wall because there is too much rubble. There's too much garbage, Nehemiah. There's too many bits and broken pieces that we didn't plan to have to deal with. And now that we're tired and we have to deal with all these bits and broken pieces that are all over the place that we did not plan for, we don't think we can rebuild. They say, Nehemiah, there's too much rubble out here, and we didn't plan to have to deal with this stuff. We didn't plan to have to deal with what was. You see, you asked us to come build, Nehemiah, and we were down for rebuilding, but now we're having to deal with what was, and we don't have the energy to deal with that because we put all of our energy into building what is. Nehemiah says, we're going to stop rebuilding because of bits and bits of, of broken pieces? Rock, that means nothing. We're going to stop rebuilding because there's too much garbage? And it's funny to me how we can get into a rebuilding process. And it starts to expose all of these things in our life that we haven't dealt with. B- because we, we can get so, so, so good at preserving things that need to be purged. You see, one of the first steps in in, in restoring anything is that you've got to clean it first. And and, and what we do is that instead of um, purging the things that need to be purged, we build around it. So what we do, oh gosh, I'm talking about you, I'm talking about you. What we do is that um, we're able to put words to our issues, our insecurities, our broken places, and because we put words to it, and we can identify it in our mind, we believe we've dealt with it. So what we do is we just keep that 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 that, that pile of rubble there, and we keep that pile of rubble here, and we've, we're surrounded by all these different piles of rubble that we just build around and never deal with them. But the but the only problem with that is that. God requires you to purge. He requires you to cleanse those broken areas. Because you can't build until it's clean. Okay. Y'all need an example. (laughs) I'm glad y'all still sitting here like I ain't said nothing. King David. God was building a kingdom through him. Go check my math. It's it's, it's in the the Bible. Building a kingdom through him. One day, David is walking on top of the kingdom that that God had built through him and he sees something he shouldn't have saw. Yes? Okay. David gets himself into a situation. We'll just call it that because I won't put David's business in the street. He gets himself into a situation And he doesn't deal with it. Watch me. He's just sitting there as if if everything is fine. And then Nathan shows up and he gives him this example and he says, listen, sir, you've messed up. Now, here's the powerful thing about David. Once David finds out that there's an issue, David deals with it. So in Psalm 51, verse 7, he says to God, purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. He says, listen to, he says, he says, God, purge me because I know that that's an issue and I know that you're building something through me and you can't build through me and on top of me unless you cleanse me. So he says, listen to me, Lord, purge me and I shall be clean. And then he gets deeper, y'all. Verse 10, he says, created me. A clean heart. And then he says, restore me. Y'all ain't going with me. He says, after you do your work in me, now restore me. Oh, God, y'all. He says, now build from here. Rebuild me. Fix me. Build on top of me. Use me after you've cleansed me. He says, I don't want no hills in my life that I haven't dealt with. Ooh. I don't want insecurities to continue to show their ugly face in my life when I'm 10 years down the road. I don't want to keep dealing with this, Lord. So now that I know that it's an issue and I can put words to it, now cleanse me. David gives us, oh my God, he gives us the recipe. He says, cleanse me, now restore me. Listen to me. You have to desire to be purged. He he, he says, listen to me. Get these things out of me that's stopping me from building. Because I know you want to do something great through me, God. I know you have something great for my family. I, I, I know that you have something great for my children. But before we can do that, God, this is a decision that he makes. Before we can do that, God, urge me. Get anything out of me that should not be. Remove ways, God, that are not like you. Change my mind, Father, so I start to think like you. Change my heart so I feel like you. And then after you get done, you you can stand on your two feet and you can stand in God's face and say, now restore me. Now restore God. Listen to me. God's people have missed it. We've missed it. Because all we get concerned about are the miracles. And yes, he's in the business of doing miracles. He wants to do a miracle. You are a miracle. But he can't restore until you're clean. David is in the middle of a build. (laughs) He's building a literal kingdom for God. And in the middle of it, he says, listen, purge me. Purge me with up and make me clean. Listen, God, all of those secrets that I keep, all of those things I won't tell anybody about me, remove them and set me free. Father, I want to be used by you for real this time. Father, I want, to, I want you to do something through my family for real this time. So any associ- association with the enemy, i renounce it right now. God, I want you to work through me, build something through me that is lasting forever. The only question I have for you today, are you willing to say, God, purge me? You see, restoring happens by the hands of somebody else. God. It happens by the hand of the one who's skilled to do so. Purging is a request. (laughs) I'm going to restore, but do you want me to purge? Are you willing to let go of these things that you've been able to put words to and you can identify? Are you willing to let those things go? because he's standing in a position today where he can restore all things. Thank you for streaming the latest message from Truth Movement Church. We pray that you found something in God's word that you can deposit into your heart for future use. To stay connected with our ministry, like us on Facebook or Instagram, or learn more about us by visiting www.truthmovementchurch.org.